You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 288th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 942nd episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded here on the evening of April 27th, 2023. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. This week's Banner Moment occurred at 12.53 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday, April 26th. That is when Xavier Johnson tweeted simply, God is good. Now look, there could be a million different reasons for X to send such a tweet. While we as IU fans tend to view everything IU basketball players do and say through a distinctly basketball prism, these are humans with extensive lives outside of basketball, which is always important to remember. So while X's tweet certainly caught my eye, I wasn't ready to immediately assume that it was in reference to the long-anticipated granting of his medical hardship waiver. But when the release from J.D. Campbell hit my inbox at 2.36 Central Time, confirming X's return for one final go-around, Xavier's tweet had its full context. And it's a huge development for an Indiana basketball program that still has a lot of questions heading into Mike Woodson's third season. Point guard, however, is not one of those questions. Not anymore. X is back for his sixth season of college basketball, and he will be 24 years old when the season tips off in November. His physical maturity will be a huge leg up against younger opponents, and his experience means he's pretty much seen everything a college basketball regular season can offer. Plus, he's made numerous comments in various venues this offseason about how much he learned while being forced to watch games from the bench last season. And this is already a guy who saw the court well and played with a high basketball IQ, as his gaudy season-by-season assist rates prove. Is there a new level he's ready to unleash? It's possible. And it may be necessary, given how much Indiana figures to lean on him next season. Which leads to the one obvious point of caution as we peer into the future and try to project how it's all going to work on the court. X's history of on-court and off-court issues make it fair to wonder how effectively he can lead a locker room. The hope is that an older and wiser X can put some of those emotional outbursts and poor decisions behind him to be more of the steadying hand Mike Woodson needs him to be. If he does... And I personally think he will. X has the potential to be an all Big Ten point guard. Heck, it's not outlandish to think he could even be an All-American. And if he does, Indiana will have a good chance to extend its NCAA tournament streak to a third consecutive season. Any way you look at it, X getting his waiver is a massive piece of offseason news for Indiana. And with that officially settled, we can now turn our full attention to the final unwritten offseason storyline. What wing scoring upgrades, if any, will IU add to the roster? We may not have too many names to toss around right now, but one thing is for sure. Whoever else Indiana may add from the portal or whoever currently on the roster gets the minutes vacated by Miller Kopp and Jalen Huchifino, their job is going to be made much easier by having one of the country's best point guards getting them the ball. All right, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Andy is off. 
but here with me, he's a longtime high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana, the founder of Delphi Bracketology, and Hoosier Nation's most famous porch dancer. Shafino! He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember, fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's Tonsoni time. Coach, it is Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Well, I'm just, just really happy that uh, X is back. I think that gives Indiana a, a big boost. Anytime you have a veteran point guard uh, that can run your show and show Gabe Cups how to do things for a year while he's transitioning to college basketball, I think that just makes – uh, next year, a, a lot more exciting. I know we we have some holes uh, yet to be filled uh, with the the roster, and we're all excited to see you know certain types of players come in. But this could be uh, one of the biggest, if not biggest, uh, ads, if you would, or <laughs> I don't know how you classify it, but it, it wasn't official um, in, until until you know the release. So. I just think it's huge. I, I think offensively, if he can quickly get back uh, to that uh, heavy scorer at the rim, but also that seven, eight, nine assist guy at the end of end of that first year, uh, that just makes everyone so much better. Uh, and then we've we've talked a lot about defensively. It sets the tone with the ball pressure. I, I just that and, and your comment uh, in the banner moment, I think, is going to be fun to watch. Is what did he pick up by sitting on the bench? for you know two-thirds of the season and, and you see things differently and you get a hunger too you, when something's been taken away from you 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 get a little bit of a a, a hunger uh and, and and I think it calms people down because you know what you lost and you're really glad that you have it uh, and you're going to make sure you make the most out of it so there could be some growth uh as well uh, because of of his time off so just just really good news for Indiana to keep that momentum going uh, next year. Obviously, we'll talk again about some more portal news and more about X in segment two. But it was a big relief because I just wasn't sure. You, you, you kept saying it's um, yeah, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But until it did, uh, you're like, whoa! If if we get bad news, it's really going to um, be a portal a portal mess. So again, we got a rim runner, a really talented rim runner in where we got Renew back. We got Galloway, you know, we kind of got four starters. And if you want to add, you know, Galloway to the bench, pieces are starting to come together. It's a good time. By the way, I was just trusting the official legal counsel of the assembly call, our buddy Jay Horry, who actually dug into the bylaws and read them and was not worried at all because he said X, you know, passed, passed the math fine. So I was just trusting Jay. In this case, he well, was not mediocre. He was very on point. No. Usually you can trust Jay on like social events, like where to get good drinks and beer and, and you know, comedy events. Those are where you trust Jay. <laughs> not uh, on bracketology. Right. No, yeah, not, not bracketology. <laughs> not bracketology. All right. Uh, and also here with me, ladies and gentlemen, he is pulling double duty tonight. I mean, like, I don't want to say he's a hero, but in his own mind, he is. He's pulling double duty, talking IU hoops and covering the NFL draft for the big lead where he is a senior writer. He also recently disoriented all of his Twitter followers by replacing his Sam the Eagle avatar with his own version of Blue Steel. So <laughs> jury's still out on it, but it's going to take a little bit of getting used to, but that's okay. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the 
Well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. All right, Ryan, what do you have to rant about tonight? What's been the worst pick of the NFL draft so far? So I think you got to break down what the Texans did by taking C.J. Stroud <laughs> and then trading back up to number three to take Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. That's that's really, really what we're all talking about tonight. Yeah, wow. it's quite quite a move. I don't know the last time we've seen something like that, but um, I got nothing else, guys. My head's been in that uh, pretty much. Plus, no, uh, I guess Xavier Johnson's what we're all talking about because it's kind of been a slow last couple of weeks for Indiana basketball. If you don't count the people not uh, joining the program. Um, yeah, I think that with with X, I agree with what coach said is how does the fact that he had to sit and essentially be a coach on the sideline for most of the year change the way he plays? That can be really valuable for guys. Um, so I, I think that just the fact that he had to step back and kind of view the game from another angle. Anybody who's ever had to do that before for an injury, particularly in basketball or football, uh, it does change the way you look at the game. It changes the way you approach things because your thought process becomes, what would I have done there? You know, you look at the mistakes and instead of making an excuse for yourself for making a mistake, like you would in a film session, sometimes you're watching somebody else make those mistakes or have those successes. And I think that it really can change your orientation for, for the way that you would play, but it's obviously huge. I think we all expected that he would be back. I think it was pretty much a 99% chance that he was coming back as soon as he announced, but there's always that 1% of the NCAA doing something really dumb. And uh, you always have to factor that in to anything related to college. Only 1%, huh? (laughs) Well, I think that he fit the bill so well that you didn't think they could possibly screw it up, but there's always a chance. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but it wasn't a 50, 50 proposition. I think that we all thought that, that that he would be back. It's huge for the roster next year. I think that even banking on him being back, there are concerns for next year. It's not like this solves all the problems, but it certainly is a huge step forward because if you looked at, you know, you had a, a, uh, an under a, a very skinny freshman or Trey Galloway is your point guard next year. If he didn't, uh, if it didn't work out, or maybe you're converting CJ gun into a ball hander and that that's, that's a heavy lift for next year. I mean, you know, d- those are your options really. And it's a heavy lift for next year. So this changes it. It allows everybody to kind of take a step down uh, that ladder a little bit and, and makes things a lot easier for this team uh, moving forward. Plus you've got a senior leader that you really were missing on next year's roster. So Big move, big day for Indiana in that respect. Now they've got to fill out this roster with what's left of the transfer portal or recruits or or something. You got a couple spots left. You desperately need to fill with some guys who can score the ball, some guys who can shoot the ball. Finding those things that they've been missing on in the transfer portal so far. So this is a big step. I, I think you know you got Peyton Sparks, who's a, a nice backup post. Uh, then then you get Hello Ware. It's a big step there. Uh, this is another piece to that puzzle, but there's still a couple, couple outstanding pieces missing. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Uh, here's what we have in store this week. Uh, we've got kind of a loaded Hoosier headlines. As of yesterday, it didn't look like there was going to be a whole lot. And then we got some visits about, or some news about visits and some other things with recruiting. Uh, we also got, uh, Indiana's, uh, not the full schedule, but at least the home and away, uh, splits of their big 10 games. So we'll talk about that. We'll dive a little bit more into the return of Xavier Johnson. And then of course we will hit the mailbag at the end, all of that coming this week on assembly call radio. But first let's talk about our presenting sponsor.
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere, with so many you know old logos that people have loved and wish that they would come back. Well, Homefield goes back. It's what they do. They you know, go back into the archives of different colleges and universities, pull these old logos out, breathe new life into them, uh, and they've created a business around this. And it's not even just college. They actually have cult stuff. So here on the NFL Draft night, if you're excited about the pick of Anthony Richardson, go get yourself a Colts hoodie because they have that there too. Uh, they're always expanding their product line. And what's great is as nice as their designs are, it's almost not even the best part. The materials are so comfortable. They last through many washings. And you've got something for every season. There's t-shirts, there's crewnecks, there's hoodies. There really is something for everybody at Homefield Apparel. I'm pretty sure a coach has bought every item they've ever released, uh, or at least close to it, uh, because it's cool stuff. Even if you're not a fan of the school, sometimes they just have cool designs. But if you've got friends or family members who are fans of other schools, it's a great place, kind of a one-stop you know, shop to get everything you need. It's Homefield Apparel. They came up through Kelly. They employ a lot of people in Indy. We love working with them, um, and we hope that you will enjoy shopping with them as well. You can go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME, and you will get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, guys, let's start going through some of these Hoosier headlines here, and we'll get to the recruiting stuff in a minute, but I want to start with the schedule. Obviously, that was a big topic of conversation as we went through this past season where Indiana, you know, really ended up getting the short end of the schedule stick. You know, some of that, you know, just because of how the schedule kind of laid out uh, and other parts of it where certain teams were better than you expected. Northwestern was certainly better than than people expected. And so you have to couch any offseason discussions about schedule uh, with that understanding that we don't really know who's good and who's not good yet because the rosters are so much in flux. Uh, but when you look at it, Indiana got double plays. That means you play home and away against Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. Uh, you know, certainly Penn State with a new coach. They have a lot of question marks. Uh, Nebraska figures to be a little bit better, but they still have question marks. Same with Minnesota. Um, so some of those teams, you know, that, that were projected to not be good this past season, that Indiana only played once. Uh, they will get to play twice this season. And then there are single plays at home against Iowa, Michigan State, and Northwestern. So Indiana will not go to those locations, and they will play away at Illinois, Michigan, and Rutgers, so they won't be playing those teams at home. Coach, what is your initial reaction to Indiana's draw here in terms of home and away? Well, It's so hard with the portal and the transfers and knowing even what we usually do in the offseason is predicting kind of what teams are, are good and, and bad, and, and then that changes even after we know the roster. So there's a little bit of difficulty, but uh, I like having Michigan State at home um, because I think you know th- they're projected right now to maybe be a, a top team, and you want to have them at home. Uh, the negative is and only play you, know, you got to play at the <laughs> yeah, and you got to nice. go to the rack, uh, and you don't have Rutgers at home, and that's just been a, a really tough place for for Indiana to to play. And I think that's a team Indiana should beat. They probably should beat them at, on the road as, as well. Uh, but it, it's just proven to be a, you know a, a tough team. And right now, I think you like a couple of those double buys right now. Um, but, you know, uh, a Nebraska could pop. They had a really good run at the back end of the, of the Big Ten. So you really you really don't know. Uh, the, the good thing is the schedule's out. And now you can sit there and 
you know, uh, I've already thought about, are there some away games I can, I can get to next year. And, you know, that, that, that always takes a little bit of the off season, you know, drought out of your way. You could always go back and, and what if, uh, because you know, the schedule. And so, uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit better than what we had last year. Uh, but like you, you also were correct in saying it could flip on a dime, um, with a couple, you know, uh, couple recruits or just some momentum like Northwestern had so yeah th- those are my initial thoughts uh the Michigan State at home is nice uh to, to do that and I also think Rutgers or not uh, Iowa at home too is good I was gonna say um, we, we've always struggled against Iowa but get them at home uh maybe you can get off the schneid beating them and then I'm glad we're back at the Kohl Center because I'm I, I we got to win there gotta end at some that point stupid right? streak Woody has ended yeah, all the so other what, streaks so, and he had a 24-point exactly. so lead go. at halftime, his one time playing at, at Wisconsin. Yeah, I think, that was the, the game. <laughs> I think it was the game I got some backlash because afterwards I ranted so hard that I said, uh, I hope the plane ride home sucks. I was so mad. And uh, <laughs> let's let's not do that again, yeah, anybody, please. I know. Uh, I know. Man, isn't it ironic? Like, the one thing Archie could do was beat Iowa. He could beat Iowa, even at Iowa, and we just, you know, that hasn't happened. So I agree. It's nice to not have to go there. You know, Michigan State, I think, is the one team right now, assuming Hogard comes back, that you, you know, project to be really good. Purdue, obviously, it's going to depend on whether Edie comes back or not. Um, so we'll he, see. It's nice to have, but there's not too much to take away from it now, except for the fact that the prohibitive favorite in the league, Michigan State, you're only playing once. That certainly is a good thing. I, uh, if Edie comes back, it doesn't come back. I know we said this about Ivy and all those other guys too, but Purdue does not look scary without him, right? I mean, am I am I the only one who's? I mean, I know that they tend they'll, to they'll bounce just, back. They'll win their they'll win their twelve games, but they yeah, don't really do much but else. they don't they don't look they don't look like a team you're fearing though. I mean, at the end of this year, they weren't a team you were fearing anyway, and I think a lot of us had them out of the tournament pretty quickly. But with Edie back, they look like you know. Uh, the the odds-on favorite probably in the Big Ten. Without him, I mean, Painter always figures it out, and they always perform better than expected. This year is no, it was yet another example. But without him, they don't really have anything that scares you. I mean, it really just depends on what kind of jump Smith and Lawyer make from freshman. Of course, that's huge, year. and that's, that, that's obviously, and they're going to have a ton of experience and all of that. But their front court looks, you know. Uh, something that would be full of guys we recruited (laughs) well and that's the thing is that i know that they've talked up you know kaufman wren making a big jump but i mean i don't see it and 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 you know first just seems like kind of their race thompson a little bit he doesn't see like you know very not a super high ceiling uh guy no i mean just a guy who gets in the mix gets rebounds and does things like that but he's not a guy you're going to rely on heavily um to do stuff for you on both ends um, if so I was yeah, Race I, Thompson, I would be offended right now. Oh no, I, I I mean that's his ceiling is sort of as a Race Thompson energy, uh, yeah. you know, play some defense, grab some rebounds guy, but he's not TJD or or a guy who's going to dominate for you, despite no. the fact that he's a very highly ranked recruit. Um, yeah. Doesn't seem to have a huge ceiling. So um, yeah, I, I that's going to be interesting uh, how they how they move. I I think he's gonna. I think the best option for him would be to come back. Quite frankly, I don't think he's going to get taken very high. So I would think so. Um, all right. The other, so we've got a couple of visit, uh, news and we'll hit one of these in this segment and then we'll roll the other one over to the next segment, but let's talk about the big news that broke, uh, late this afternoon, which is that five-star Mackenzie McBacco 
is planning a visit. Adam Zagoria uh, broke this news, and then Jeff Rabjohns, I saw, reported that the visit will come May 5th through the 6th. Uh, so he is currently uh, at St. John's this weekend. He's also visiting Indiana, Kansas, and Louisville. Um, why is this important? Because this young man is a five-star wing. Uh, he's an excellent shooter. Uh, and he originally was committed to Duke, but when Kyle Filipowski decided to come back, he decommitted uh, and is now opening up his options. So a five-star guy, he was ranked number seven overall in the class, played in the McDonald's All-American game. Um, you know, you watch him play, and the first thing that jumps out is he just has a really, really nice shot. You know, it's just it's repeatable, it's consistent, it's a good release. His feet are there. Uh, it's the kind of shot that really you kind of look at it, and it projects well to the next level. Uh, you know, has good athleticism, not great athleticism, but just does a lot of things well. Um, you know, if you're looking for a player comp that isn't perfect, but that just gives you a little bit of context to me, he's kind of a more athletic Christian Watford um, is what I saw watching film of him. Um, and Here's that a obviously is a guy that obviously is a guy who would be huge uh, for Indiana to get considering that we need scoring and specifically shooting from the wing. This is the kind of guy if for the third straight year, Woody can go get a four or five star guy late in the, in the cycle that you would project, this is a guy that you would project to come in and get minutes right away. Whether it'd be a starter or not, I don't know, uh, but he certainly would fill that need. Now, it's a little premature to start talking about all that. He needs to take his visits, and we need to see what happens. But given the dearth of news we've had over about the last 10 days, you know, seeing that a five-star guy is visiting uh, and knowing you know, Woody's history of being able to succeed in these short recruitments, I think it's fair to have a little bit of optimism and excitement uh, about, uh, about this recruit because the player is very, very good and absolutely fills a need. So, uh, Ryan, what was your initial reaction when you saw the news? Huge. I mean, it's, it's huge. You want to, you want to, uh, uh, a little bit of a comp, uh, from Baco as, as a, a high schooler, uh, a little Luol Deng to his game a little bit, um, kind of a bigger guy. You're right. Christian Wofford, very skinny comparatively to him, but there, there's some game translation there, but as an inside out guy at his size, uh, not Luol Deng, who we saw in the NBA years later, who could barely move, but a guy who th th that's who he reminds me of from high school. Um, he, he can kind of score at all three levels and has some good size, not a crazy, crazy athlete, but for, you know, you see, see a guy highly rated at his size and you're like, Oh, he must be able to jump out of the gym too. Not really, but, but a very, very skilled and advanced basketball player uh, for his age. So I was very shocked that he didn't go to Duke, that he didn't wind up at Duke. So here's my thing about this recruitment. Uh, I, it's it's going to be difficult. I would say Indiana has got to make it so he doesn't take another visit. Just overwhelm him while he's there, get him whatever NIL deal he needs, and don't let him leave campus without a commitment. I, I, I really – that's where I'm at with it. It seems like if these guys leave they they wind up not coming because whoever has the last word in these recruitments tends to win because of NIL and because of all these other, you know, factors. So yeah, you really just, don't want him going to Lawrence or going to Louisville given no, their recruiting success. <laughs> absolutely not. Do not let him leave campus, Indiana. That's I don't care if you have to slash the tires in the, in the, in the uh, town car you, you get for him back to the airport. Like just no, do not let him go without a commitment. Joel, that's, that's a joke. That is a joke. Yes, that's not very that's much not, a joke. Not Everybody in town, don't. <laughs> it's bad, <laughs> bad. But also Stay kind away of do from it. Tires. But don't. But don't. But but <laughs> but maybe. But maybe. No, no. We're kidding. We're kidding. 
<laughs> um anyway so yeah i think that that's that's just the, you've got it you gotta lock him in you've gotta lock him down as yeah. if you can and, and if he leaves and he goes to the other schools it's real tough i mean a lot of these quick recruitments it's the team that has the last word so and you're seeing that in the transfer portal as well so uh lock him in yeah and look coach you know they're gonna have to sell him it's not like they have a ton of film to show him of a guy playing his role that's going to play the way that he's going to want to play. You know, this is not Miller Cop. This is, you know, a guy who can get a shot off in more situations, who can score at more levels, obviously a better athlete, just a higher level player. So they don't really have a ton to show him film wise. So they're really going to have to paint the picture for you know, look, we're going to play differently this season. We have open spots on the wings, the usage and the shots, you know, it's going to be more heavily weighted toward our wings than it's been in the past because of trace, you know, that's a difficult sell when you don't have the film to actually show a guy like this. But if he can see past that, there's a lot of opportunity for him at Indiana to step right in and be a featured player. And so you sell him on what you did with Jalen Huchifino, you know, where you took a guy who was, you know, a borderline five star and, you know, he may go be a lottery pick now. So that to me is, is what you try and sell this young man on. Um, Cause I think if, if, you know, if he decides to come, it's pretty easy, you know, where you would slot him in and how he would fit. You obviously got to talk uh, offense and how you're going to run things a little bit differently, but coach Woodson did have Carmelo Anthony, which was a bigger guy face up game type of guy. I would be getting that film out. Yeah, and saying, that's true. You know what? I, I had a guy who was six, nine or six, however big he is. And he faced up and he shot and he drove the ball. Like you can, I'd sell that all the time. And I can, I can get you to the league. Uh, that's been something we've always thought Woodson uh, can sell, but you're absolutely right. He's, he's not going to come here if he's going to be told to stand in the corner. We're not going to get you shots, right? Uh, just hit him, you know, the three times we get him for you <clears throat> in a game. I loved his face-up game in watching film today. His ability to attack off the bounce, um, you know, play a little uh, bully ball in there, get in there, uh, post up if he can. He's like a th- he's definitely a three, uh, yeah. a little bit on the slow side for a three, but he also has the game to play some pick-and-pop four and stretch the floor. I mean – um, you know, Caleb Banks and him, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not comparing them at all, but that long three is interesting to me. Uh, if the, the ability to dribble bounce and guard some people with length, uh, I, I like him there, but I wouldn't be opposed if you needed to, to slide him down to the four, uh, and be able to play some four. And that, again, that's a quick, uh, highlight video. You know, everything looks good on the, on the highlight video stuff as we've talked all, all off season, but I like big players who have the ability to use the bounce and face up. We need face up four face up players around one post player, uh, and, and that you need two bigs in the Big Ten. But that that second big needs to have some face up game, uh, and, and um, you know that'll be interesting to see if Renew can develop that. If he's going to play that four, you know that's kind of where I liked Ledlam uh, more as the four than the three. But this guy, man, I, I heard about it and went and watched. Holy cow! If we uh, you know, I, I'm not for, you know, slashing tires, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying slash, maybe poke a little hole pinhole that can be patched later. Like don't cost anybody any money, but you know, just delay a flight or something, yeah. you know, again, totally kidding guys. <laughs> he, he, he would be a great, great addition yeah. um, to, and to Indiana. Here's, here's if Indiana can pull it on. off. Just great. Here's what you sell him on. You're going to be our team's leading scorer next year. I mean, you know, I mean, that that's what you say. Whether or not that's true, whether or not that's true, 
you sell him on, we're going to put the ball in your hands to create offense. We've got a point guard to get you the ball. We've got a post guy to give you some room on the perimeter. We're going to give the ball to you on the wing and let you go beat teams. That And it's going to yep. showcase you for the NBA draft. And it, you're going to, I mean, Duke's not going to do that. Kansas, you'll be surrounded by a ton of guys who can score. You know, Louisville, who knows what the hell's going on there. That's a good point. You know, you're going to be a showcased guy the same way Jalen Huchifino was after Xavier Johnson went down. There's nobody in front of you, though, and there's nobody to share the ball with on the wing. You are going to be the guy as far as perimeter scoring on this team. That's how you sell it. Imagine the versatility, too. You got that point guard, pick and roll, get to the rim. A point guard, you got the rim runner, and, and and you got some pick and pop guys at the fours and fives. And now, if you slide him into the three, who can create and do things, all of a sudden, that makes all him, of us happy, right? I, I just, him, yeah, yeah. It's if big, you get, you no, know, if you get him, all you need is to find a pure shooter who can do literally nothing else. That like that that yep. sets the offense like, up. A, like yeah because you can cover for Size him on loft. defense with with your length you can cover for him on defense you obviously Woody will make him a little bit better defender but yes Azizlov is the perfect example you just need one guy to I mean even if you shoot. if you get a guy like him who's that dynamic you also feel a lot better about Galloway and CJ Gunn splitting the minutes at the two sure, I mean, I sure. Not, I'm as, just saying as the roster as, shooters, as a whole but, the the yeah. roster as a whole needs a knockdown guy and and Trey Galloway God bless his percentage this year. You still don't consider him a knockdown shooter because it was limited opportunities and all of those things. You need a pure shooter, a guy who yes. will, because even Trey Galloway does not strike the fear into defenses because his shot still looks a little awkward. He's a basketball so, player. He's not a shooter. You yes. Know? No, exactly. Yeah. But even, even with his high percentage, you could tell teams weren't super afraid of him because they were waiting for the other shoe to drop. What you need is defenses to be afraid of a shooter so that they overplay him on the perimeter like they did to Miller cop pretty much all year, because that opens things up for everybody else. We've talked about that for Man, years. Just, that, just, just the point of having that shooter is to open things up for everyone else. It isn't necessarily that he's going to make three threes a game. It's the, or average three threes a game. It's that it opens things up. And then when they have to leave him because the rest of your offense is balanced, that's when he gets the yep, open. Look. Exactly. Just dream a little bit. If I know he's visiting, so there's a likelihood we hey, can we get have, this. We guy. haven't had news in a couple of weeks, so let's indulge this right. a little bit. So, so <laughs> let's dream a little bit. There's some dudes on that floor, like Xavier yeah. Johnson's a dude at point guard. Like he's a dog. He gets after it. Right? Where showed some athletic ability. We all know that he's got to get that work ethic and he's got to do. But boy, if it explodes, he's there. We know Renew if he can avoid some of his you know, pitfalls of fouling and that kid. I mean, the dude scores double digits without hardly doing anything. If he gets, and then you put this guy on the floor, like all of a sudden you're getting that athletic body, that NCAA athletic guy, long wingspan guys that can do multiple actions. So this is uh, you know, and again, we're maybe setting ourselves up to be disappointed uh, like the Ledlam and the connect and all of that. But the bottom line fundamental is, is like, he's going after the right kind of dudes. He's just got to get it done. Um, we're not going after, you know, um, a bunch of coach Tonsoni lookalikes, you know, that could just shoot and play defense. Right. We're going after some dudes. Team would be way too handsome coach. We'd be tough. Would be way too handsome. Yeah. We would be tough. We'd get loose. Very slow. Yeah. We'd play with a high basketball IQ. Very deliberate. And a post game spread would be way too expensive for, for, for that roster. (laughs) <laughs> uh all right yeah, look it's fun you know to have a guy like this coming on campus we'll obviously talk about it more when the visit happens and you know if, if we start to hear good things but as you said coach it's really what's exciting about it is 
you just, you have to get more guys like this on campus. Indiana doesn't have a very high close rate right now, you know, of these high level players. And you just have to give yourself more options. Like other schools bring a lot of these types of guys on campus and then you kind of whittle it down and you end up finding, you know, a guy and maybe you land 10, 15, 20 percent of them. Um, you just got to get more of them on campus. And so it's good, whether it's this guy or the next guy or the next guy. It's just good that these are the kind of guys Indiana's getting on campus. And like you said, now we got to close one of them. And if we happen to close this guy, you know, I think he he projects to be an impact player uh, as a freshman at a position of need for Indiana, which would be huge. Okay, uh, coming up here on the assembly call, we've got some other transfer portal recruiting news. We will talk about that next, as well as break down some more of the impact of X's return. We have some questions from you all on that, so we're going to answer that next. Stick with us here on the assembly call. Be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. One other thing I will mention about McBaco, uh, he did he did not shoot very well at the EYBL. I think in 21 games he shot like 20 something percent from three. Um, you know, so I think there's still some inconsistencies there. But you watch the shot and it looks good. So it's kind of one of those maybe he had a bad you know weekend or you know just a bad few games that happens. It's still a pretty small sample size. Um, but I have you know just the way he shoots. I don't really have any doubt. He may you know it may be a guy that you know, comes in and struggles a little bit as a freshman because a lot of good shooters struggle. We saw it with CJ last year. Um, but just watching him, it looks like the kind of shot that'll translate. And he's got a nice high release, so that'll help him, you know, deal with the the increased athleticism and speed at the college level. Um, he shot like about, about 98% in the film that I watched. Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was excellent. Man, Coach, I, I hardly, think hardly idea, missed. I think you're 100% correct. I don't know. I mean maybe you show this guy some Jalen Huchifino film in terms of, hey, this is a freshman. We put the ball in his hands. Look what this guy did at Purdue. He's a legend forever. I think you're right, though. I think you pull out that Carmelo Anthony tape and just focus on that. I think that's a great idea. Hey, when I had a, I went to Carmelo, and I get, I mean, I'm not, when I got a guy that's pretty good, I'm going to go to him. That's, you know, yeah, people are going to tell you we didn't do it in two years. Well, I had two guys who were really good. We went to him. When I was with the Knicks, we had a good guy. I went to him. And, and you know, Woodson's good when, when he gets in there. I think he's good at closing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, but yeah, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. Just keep getting, keep getting these guys on campus. All right. Let's, uh, let's go on segment two. Here we go.
This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Welcome back to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and we are walking you through another week of Indiana basketball news, uh, which, again, didn't look like there was going to be much, but we've had a busy 48 hours. Another bit of news that came down is another visit that is happening, uh, a transfer portal visit. And this is one that had been talked about. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of, you know, pushed it off to the side because it is it's a big man. Uh, and, you know, in Indiana got Kalel Ware and Peyton Sparks. It seems like, OK, with Malik Radu and then Caleb Banks, who could potentially play the four. You know, maybe we're set uh, when it comes to bigs. But they've got Anthony Walker on campus from Miami, so familiar with him. He played 15 minutes uh, in the game against Indiana in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's been at Miami for four years, so he will be a grad transfer. Uh, and it's really interesting. You know, he was recruited like in the 200s, um, you know, so wasn't a real uh, a highly regarded recruit. Had a decent sophomore season where he played 26 minutes. I think he scored nine points a game but on a really bad Miami team. They went 10 and 17. The last two seasons, when they've been much better, he hasn't played as much. So he played 14 minutes per game as a junior, just 10 this season. Uh, and is a guy who, you know, just from a statistical perspective, not a lot jumps out on the page at you. Um, you know, he has taken 141 threes in his career. He's only made 29 of them. He's a 66% free throw shooter. So I don't think he really projects as a guy who's going to be an impact shooter. He does have decent block and steal rates. So I think he can, you know, he's a guy who can maybe help you uh, replace some of the disruptive defense that you lose with race Thompson, not a great rebounder for his size, doesn't draw fouls, but is six, nine athletic, you know, can defend other bigs and coach. I think, you know, when you look at this, you know, I understand why some people look at this and it doesn't make sense because it's like, why are we getting another big guy? We have Kalel Ware, who's penciled in to start. We've got Malik Renew. Peyton Sparks is back there to back those guys up. And then we want Caleb Banks getting minutes at the four, you know, to help him develop. You know what I'm you know, so this seems a little superfluous, you know, and if you bring a guy like this in, is he going to be expecting a certain number of minutes? The two things that have kind of made this make sense to me, number one is as we learned last season, a position of depth can can turn into something very thin quickly with injuries. And especially in this conference, it's nice to have some some big man depth. And so I can see it from that perspective, given that we have three scholarships. It's not like if you take Anthony Walker, you can't go get wings. And the other thing is, one thing that we really know about Woody that everybody has said is he does not BS you. He's not going to lie and make promises on the recruiting show to get you to come. So I have a feeling whatever they're telling, you know, Anthony Walker about minutes and Peyton Sparks, that those guys would walk into this situation with their eyes wide open and that there would maybe be a little bit less risk than if you're saying, hey, we're going to play you 20 minutes and you 20. Um, you know, I, I, I have a little bit less fear of that. So, you know, I think if you get this guy, it's not like he changes the ceiling and you're like, oh, wow, this is a huge addition. But given that we have three scholarships open, I can see the argument for why this is a nice depth piece, um, you know, at a position where it's nice to be deep in this conference. I would just be a little bit worried that if you're getting a guy like this, you've got to make sure that you don't, you know, let someone like this who's not a part of the future of the program eat into the minutes that Caleb Banks is going to get at the four. And so that would be kind of my big question if you bring a guy like this in. But we'll see. He's on campus for an official visit. I don't think the staff would bring him on if they weren't serious about him. And I can understand, you know, their perspective on it. Um, 
but it'll be interesting to see obviously what happens. What was your reaction uh, when you saw that he was coming for a visit? Well, the first thing is I think Caleb Banks is more a three. I think they're just going to slot him as a three and try to groom him for a three, whether he's ready this year or not. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a three. But he'll play He can both, play the four if needed. That's what yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he could play when both. When he goes small. But, yeah. But what I what I, I sent you guys in the text is uh, we had five post players or four post players and Geronimo who wanted to be the three but got most of his minutes at the four. We had five on the roster last year and eight wings. Right now we only have three. So I said that a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about what's what's going to happen down the road, and I said we're going to add another post, and everyone's like, oh, no, we need wings, we need wings. Well, I'm not denying that we need wings. But, uh, you know, we have seven wings right now and three post players with three spots open. So if you go two wings uh, at whatever, what, you know, one, two, three, all that's positionless, but and you get a, another big, you have three deep on positions one, two, three, if you go traditionally, and two deep on four and five. Uh, and I think that's just smart. Now, you got to get the right guy who's going to come in and understand you might play five minutes, you might play 16. If if Renew gets two fouls in the first two minutes, we're going to need you to play. And the key thing to being competitive, I believe, is that there's not a huge drop-off. You know, there was a huge drop-off if we had to go to Logan Duncan, and we didn't have to go to him a, an awful lot. But there also was at some point with size, Geronimo never really – he had some moments at the four. But if you can get some people where the drop-off isn't that great for those 10 to 12 minutes. Now, the problem, I think, is on the other end. Like, why would that young man want to leave Miami and then come to Indiana for a similar role? Um, and, again, if you can sell the tradition, the candy stripes and all that, and they want that experience and they're okay with it. Because the NIL yes, money is you, drying up at Miami? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you also don't want, um, like you said, the development of anyone else. You don't want to come in and say, I'm going to promise you 18 to 20 and then force feed a kid like that 18 to 20 because you promised him. And then you, you whether if you, maybe you have Caleb at the four, or that takes a, a, some of the renews play out of there too. Um, I'm not a big proponent of that. But I did think that they needed to add one more four or five as a depth piece and then go get that knockdown shooter and Mabakba or whatever else. And then you got guys back that you can develop and some Newton and Cups. And I think that makes a, a, an interesting roster depending on, on those two wings. So I see why Deloach was here, but obviously Deloach probably wanted a bigger role. Yeah, he wanted uh, a bigger The kid role. from VCU, right? Um, and so, you know, this kid comes in. If he wants a bigger role, he's not going to be here. Uh, if he wants to be a part of the greatest program in NCAA history, then he can sign up. We'll give him some candy stripes and – play your eight minutes a game and, and enjoy your last year. But I think there is going to be one bigger player or one player who can play that four. Maybe you get Mabakbi and, and again, you have multiple guys who can slide down there, then maybe you don't take him. But they need one more guy, um, I think, for depth. He's a role purposes. player on a final Injury. team. So maybe we – Yeah. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, Ryan, what were your thoughts? Here's one angle to this that's interesting is that Anthony uh, Walker went to uh, Brewster Academy, which is a place that I know Indiana has recruited from before. And I think that this staff would like some inroads there the same way they'd like inroads to a place like IMG Academy. There's always those type of stories going on. Is is he that different? We just from... added a walk-on from Montverde, too. I saw that news. Wow, I wonder why. I yeah. wonder why they do that. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I think that establishing relationships is a big deal. And even if this guy's going to play 10 minutes, 15 minutes for you, um, 
the fact that you've established a relationship with the place that he went to school. I, I know they've looked at guys. This staff has looked at guys from there before, maybe didn't get them. Was it, didn't Filipowski go there? Was it Philip? I don't know. Was it Filipowski? One of the guys, I don't remember off the top of my head, but one of those guys went to uh, one of the guys that recruited went there. They've at least looked into guys like that. So there is that uh, issue to it. And maybe, you know, if, if two guys are even on your board and you have a chance to establish a relationship with somewhere, that's a possibility depending on what the people at that place think of him. Um, but yeah, I, I would say roster construction wise doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, maybe they just want to get more athletic at that position, uh, create some depth. It's also, you know, how does his year being he's played four years? How does that match up with the other guys they've got on the roster and depth and, and all of that? So there are factors beyond what we're seeing. They may also anticipate, you know, maybe somebody on the current roster not being here in the fall or, or, or something like that. There's always, I'm not, I'm not suggesting anybody there. That's not an insider perspective. I'm just saying there could be stuff going on that we don't know about. So really we won't know what the roster looks like until they start practicing in the fall with the way that the transfer portal is these days. And, and so, yeah, you know, whatever uh, they decide, they, they clearly think there's a need there. They looked to Loach, they looked at other guys and, and this is the guy that they, they want to bring you on campus. So who knows what's going on there? Not how I would do it, but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. Yeah. Getting another depth piece makes sense. And there's not a ton of options left at this time. And again, you've got to get a guy who's happy coming in and right away being the fourth guy, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that's, you know, you got to find a certain guy who can do that. Um, and I think to a certain extent, you got to trust uh, you know, the staff, which has built two straight rosters that have seemed to had good chemistry and, and, you know, kind of good harmony among players. Um, you know, so I think you got to trust them a little bit on some of that stuff. Uh, and it would be different again, if Indiana only had two scholarships left and you're taking this guy, I would have bigger questions. I'm less yeah. worried about it considering the fact that they'll still have two other scholarships. This is a grad transfer. So even in the worst case scenario where this doesn't go well, it's not really setting you back. Um, so that's to me the the downside of it is pretty low. Again, assuming he doesn't cut into the development of Malik or Caleb, and we won't know that till the season. Um, you know, it's I get why you know people have questions about it. It's maybe not one that you're super excited about just because of the ceiling, or, or you know, it doesn't necessarily raise the ceiling. But I can see the depth angle. So we'll see what happens. Um, he's in Bloomington. Hopefully, he uh, enjoys his time, and uh, we'll see if he ends up being a depth piece on the front line for the Hoosiers. Uh, okay, so that is all the recruiting news. Um, as we kind of surmised, there were some things happening in the background, and it sounds like the staff maybe has wanted to keep things a little bit quieter, and so uh, we haven't been getting as much news. But we finally got some this week, and I would now expect as we start to wind toward the transfer portal deadline, which is May 11th, and then uh, players have to you know declare their intentions for the NBA draft, we're going to start seeing a lot more action uh, here as we move forward. Uh, Ryan coach, let's talk a little bit more about the impact of Xavier Johnson coming, uh, back. And, you know, I think what's really interesting to think about, and Ryan, you alluded to this a little bit, you know, based on X's comments is, you know, where can X get better? Um, I think, you know, we obviously, uh, you know, got to see him play a full season. His first year here last year was, you know, abbreviated, uh, by the injury, um, but where do you think he can get better? You know, he talked about maybe being able to see the game better. Does that help him rein in some of the decision-making and make him a little bit more consistent, you know, from a shooting perspective? Can he maintain 
he's basically been a 37.5% three point shooter since he got to Indiana. Um, you know, can he maintain that? Uh, can he become a guy uh, who increases even his foul rate getting to the lane? That's one thing. I think that's one of the underrated things that Indiana missed last year when he was gone. Cause it's not something Jalen did, which was get all the way to the bucket and get fouled. You know, X would get fouled. He's a good free throw shooter. Um, <clears throat> you know, so I'm curious from your perspective, Ryan, what are some areas where you think he can get better in, in his final go around? Cause I think we have a pretty good understanding based on this season for every place he's going to help Indiana on offense and defense, but where can he actually maybe get better in his final consistency, yeah. consistency. That's what it is. That's the thing that's missing from his game. I mean, even starting this season after that run he had at the end, uh, of, of 2022, starting this season, he was up and down. He struggled with dealing with Jalen Hachifino on the floor and, and everything. And it looked like the beginning of his first year at Indiana. So I, you know, I, I don't know, uh, how you smooth those things out, but that's, you need the same effort from him every single game. He gives it defensively, but offensively, he needs to find consistency from play to from game to game, play to play possession to possession, half to half, whatever. He needs to be the same guy and he needs to be just smooth and, and, and to lean out those rough patches. We also need to see him stop talking to officials. Uh, that's the other thing he, cause it, not because it's wrong to say something when an official gets a, gets a bad call, but he obsesses on it. And, and it yeah. takes him out of his game. We've seen that in both seasons he's been there. When he stopped doing that his first year on campus, that's when he took off. Yeah. Well said. Coach, do you anticipate X having a bigger impact on the offensive end or on the defensive end? Obviously, his impact is huge on both. Yeah, I, I'm going to say uh, probably right now I'm going to lean defense uh, because I thought Indiana took a little step back, uh, and I think that's probably where Hood Shafino suffered a little bit more. Uh, he didn't have the the ball pressure, and he got driven a little bit more than what X will. Um, so if if you take away that initial ability to to penetrate the defense and he hounds people and gets turnovers – um, I think that could set the tone for your your off ball defenders and and some of the other things that that Woodson would like to do. Uh, I just think he can be a menace to the to the lead guard of the opponents. Um, I, I I do think what you said was correct. I think he's going to make an impact on both sides, a huge impact on both sides. But if you ask me to pick one right now, I think I'm the most happy with the fact that we got uh you know that that nasty out front get in your face defender who's willing to get that ball stopped. Uh, I thought that was at times uh, a big problem for Indiana last year. I agree. No, I agree. I think it is defensively. I mean, I am fascinated to see X and Kalel Ware running pick and rolls together because I think there's just, there's so many options there. Um, but I, we just saw it time and time again, defensively, you know, Jalen, you know, as a freshman, as many freshmen are, was just inconsistent uh, defensively. And, I mean, X is one of the best I've ever seen at pressuring the ball. I mean, he's that good, and he's so competitive and so tough. There's just no way to be as good defensively when you take him off the court, you know? Uh, I Like, if you want to say that, you know, Indiana's offense got better and, you know, maybe the offense wouldn't have made a huge jump with X out there, I disagree with you, but I can kind of see that. But there's, I mean, Indiana's defense was, you know, just night and day almost different, not having that ball pressure out there. And so getting that back out there, that's a big part of what makes Mike Woodson's defense go. Um, and so I think that's going to be huge. Ryan, the last question I want to kick to you, and I know you have to get back to watching the draft stuff. You know, I think, you know, you mentioned the consistency is the biggest step. And I think the other thing is the leadership angle. 
You know, the best teams are player-led teams. And this is unquestionably Xavier's team. You know, when he was at Pitt, he was a young guy. There were older guys. When he got to Indiana, this was obviously Trace's team and Race's team and Miller's team. So you had some other guys there who were able to kind of smooth things out because X wasn't necessarily counted on to be that guy. Now he is. You know, he's the oldest. He's one of the best players. He's going to have the ball in his hands. So he's going to be a leader from everything he has said this offseason. It sounds like he's embracing it. It sounds like he's ready and more mature, but it is still a question. You know, what is the, the, the ceiling for a team that has a guy like X who's been so inconsistent as its leader? Like I mentioned the banner moment, I believe in him and I think he's going to be better at it, but it's, you know, I think it, it is going to be a big question for this team losing so much senior leadership who steps into those voids. He's got to be the first guy to do it. And he's going to have a lot on his shoulders. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the other element to this is not just consistency on the court. I guess I didn't specify, but consistency in leadership you got to be on the court. You got to be available. You can't be arguing with officials. You got to have your head in with the team. And, and look, I'm the last person to say, to tell somebody to calm down about officiating or calm down about talking trash to other players or any of that stuff. I mean, literally dead last on that list of people who should be recommending those things. Um, but when you are the leader of a program like Indiana, you have to embrace that role. Trace Jackson Davis certainly did over the last more, more than ever over the last year or so. And it changed his game because his focus was solely on the court. And not that Trace was ever distracted by that other stuff, but it's just an example of how dedicated he was to his craft. The difference between one year to the next and Trace Jackson Davis, he was already an all Big Ten guy. But the difference, I think, from his junior year to his senior year was staggering. And that's because he was focused. And so when you're focused on the task at hand, you get better in anything that you do. If you focus on what you're trying to accomplish, you will get better and you are not distracted by those other things. X getting distracted by opposing players, getting distracted by officiating, getting distracted by anything else that's going on is going to hurt the team. And a lot of players do that. But when you are the leader at a program like Indiana, you cannot allow yourself to get sucked into that stuff. It's, it's about what you can do, about what your team is doing, and not about any of that other stuff. The coaches will handle the officials, hopefully. The, the, the rest of the players will handle their jobs. And if a player's talking trash to you and trying to get in your head, show it to them with the way you play, not with words and not with actions on the court. Uh, it, it, so those are just the things he has to do. And it's in he's a fiery guy. It's in his nature to want to fire back at, a bad call or an opposing player or any of that, or the bench. You'd talk much to the rather bench. slow a guy down than have to speed him up. Exactly. Sure. I, and I love that fire for him. And, and you can tell it kind of gets his head and he wants to shut a guy down defensively and all of that stuff. I love that about X, but now that you're in another position, a higher level position within the program, you got to let that stuff go. It's not worth it. You have to focus on you, what you can control, what you can accomplish and focus on your team. And not the Paul other team. Mulcahy is not worth it. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and, and and absolutely true, Jared. Nobody else is worth it. The guys in that locker room are you're fighting for. You're you're not fighting for personal animosity between another player or personal issues with an official. You are the guy that everybody's going to follow and everybody's going to look to to set the example. And that example cannot be what it's been in the past. 
Yeah, and look, you know, X has been here for a little over two years, and he's had two off-court incidents, you know, getting suspended from the Northwestern game, obviously the issue that he had last offseason. And so I think we all believe that he's ready to put that stuff behind him, but it is part of his Indiana resume. And it's unquestionable that that kind of stuff can't happen anymore. Like that just, that needs to be a thing of the past. Um, and I think, you know, based on kind of the growth that he's shown, um, I'll be pretty surprised if anything like that happens again, but he's got to be available. He's got to be on the court and he's got to be setting the right example for the younger guys. Um, because he, you know, he's now at a stage because of his, you know, just physical maturity and how much he's developed mentally that he's going to be able to go out there and succeed on the court. But the young, you know, the new guys coming in, Gabe Cups, Ja'Kai Newton, they're going to be looking at his example. Um, you know, and they're going to have to, you know, be working hard and, and doing all the right things. Um, and so he needs to, to be that kind of leader. Um, and I believe in him. I think he's going to. Um, but I understand why those are questions. And as we start to look into, you know, to this season, that is, you know, kind of one of those elements of variance for what this team can be. Um, but I'm so glad he's back. We missed him a ton last year. Um, he's just, he's one of the, I think he's one of the most fun guys to watch play uh, since he we've is. been doing the show. Um, because you just, you know, you're going to get a hundred percent effort from him. And that's why he's won over Hoosier nation. <laughs> you know, I mean, for a guy like him that talks as much as he does on the court has had the issues off the court. He doesn't necessarily profile as a guy that Indiana fans will fully embrace. But I feel like most fans have fully embraced him because you see how much he cares, what he does, you know, off the court in the community, all that stuff. You know, I think he, he's a good dude who's made a couple of bad decisions. Um, and I'm just I'm pumped to see what he can do in his senior year. And I'm glad he's back. Uh, any final thoughts, Ryan, before you uh, go off and give grades yeah. to draft picks that haven't played an NFL game yet? Yes, that, that's <laughs> welcome to my job, Jared. Um, well, uh, I, w- I was going to say, uh, let's let's hope there's some good news this time next week that we can talk about and dig into uh, more good news, I'll say. Um, we'll see if, if, uh, what comes of it, but, uh, let's, let's, let's hope we get this off season to keep going and, and keep improving and great news about X and really thrilled to see him play next year. And hopefully, you know, he's got some new, uh, some, some new teammates, uh, within the next few weeks, but, um, yeah, uh, great, great to hear for X. I'm happy for him, happy for his family and I'm happy for Indiana that we get to get to have him around. I feel like we were robbed, uh, of a really fun season with X this year and it, it'll be nice to have it back next year. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Go follow Ryan at the big lead. He'll have lots of uh, NFL draft coverage. So let him pan your favorite team. And and follow me on Twitter with the distracting avatar. It's uh... (laughs) what's the story behind that picture anyway. So uh, work had wanted me to like, they're, they're kind of shifting social media strategy to, to have us more involved on social media. And they want us to have the same picture on most social media accounts so people can recognize us. And, uh, don't be the a deal Muppet. with the deal with Twitter for a long time was if you change your if you're a verified uh, traditionally verified person, if you change your avatar, you have to go through the verification process again. Uh, um, and so you the new regime, Sam. the new regime would have taken away the verification and made you pay for it. Um, so I was kind of stuck with it for about a year. And, uh, it, you know, they knew why it wasn't a big, de- the, the company knew why it wasn't a big deal. But as soon as they took our check marks, I finally had to, to change it. So, um, yeah, that, that was the story behind it. Um, say I, that had been the avatar since the account started it's the exact same picture had been the account since it started. Uh, because That's why it's so when, disorienting. 
I know when we started rumors and rants, cause that's, that's the, my old websites, uh, Twitter account for those who don't know, that's why it's rumors and rants and not my name. Um, yeah. and then I just took it over. Uh, but they, you had to put a picture on it and our logo was being created at that point. So I didn't have a logo to put and it was about a year long process to get the logo created. And so I was like, well, Sam, the Eagle is kind of our spirit animal. Here you go. And, and I put that up and people liked it. And so I didn't want to change it. We were also like a fledgling site. I didn't want to change it and have people not associate that with us and be like, who am I following? So I left it and then it just kind of stayed for a very long time. So I thought it was funny after a while. I just left it. And then uh, yeah, I was kind of stuck with it for about the last year. I keep looking so. like, who is this new guy I follow? Yeah. He's tweeting about the Padres. I don't need another one of these. Like, oh, he's way right. more handsome than <laughs> I thought. All right. Uh, all right, man. Bye, everybody. See you. Have a good one, Ryan. Uh, Coach, a couple uh, final questions here. Paul asked, is uh, Xavier still recovering or is he 100% ready to go? Um, I didn't get a clear answer on this. I think when he was on with the hysterics a couple weeks ago, I think he said he had either just been cleared um, or was still waiting to be like fully like 100% uh, good to go. So I'm not sure if he is right now, but he, certain, he certainly is projected to be by the time the season starts. Uh, and I don't think he's going to miss you know, any workouts, um, this off season. So no real concerns there. And this isn't, you know, the type of injury that should linger or be at, you know, a high risk of re-injury. I think once it heals, you know, he should be, uh, ready to roll. Uh, and then from uh, our buddy Leland, does X returning help or hinder IU getting players through the portal? It can't be much worse than now. Come on, Leland. Uh, glad X is back. <laughs> and that particular concern is over. Uh, I would say, if you agree, Coach, I mean, it absolutely helps. If you don't get X, right. you basically have to go full speed ahead to find an experienced point guard, and that puts you in scramble mode. Now, you've got one of the best point guards in the country, and so I think to anybody that you're talking to, you're coming into a much more stable and potentially productive situation because you have a guy who every year he's played college basketball has been in the top 50 in the country in assist rate. I mean, he's, you know... Uh, consistently had better assist rates than Yogi Ferrell to give Indiana fans context. So I think it would make it much, much easier, especially the, for the wings that Indiana is trying to target um, because, you know, having a guy like X is just going to make things easier for everybody. Yeah, you can sell his ability to create offense um, for himself and for others. Um, th that's a huge selling point to bring people on. You know, we, we've talked about IU's got to make sure that if you're going to get a two or a three in traditional positions to come in, you're going to have to run some stuff for them. Um, you know, unless you're just getting a kid who wants to come to IU as a as an upgrade from where, where he was at, uh, which in, it was a situation, I think, a little bit with Miller Cop uh, type of a player, right? Um, but X is a selling point. We got a, a six-year player at point who knows what's going on, who, who can really – uh, create offense, you know, I'd show him those games too of X getting seven, eight, nine assists. I mean, this is a guy who's going to be finding you, you know, um, we're going to work to get him back in shape and he's going to find you. You're open. And then if you're not, you know, shot, fake and drive uh, like the Mbakbe talk that we had. So yeah, I, I think X coming back helps the team um, because people not only want to come to the program, but they want to come and win. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that adds a and just just went up so uh yeah that it's a positive 
Okay, uh, let's get on with the mailbag, Coach. Coming up here on Assembly Call Radio, it is mailbag time. We got several good questions uh, from folks in our community, and we will answer them next. Stick with us. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So we got a couple of good ones here. I will say, Coach. Sorry, trying to finish eating something. Um, the other thing, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but gosh, it felt like, you know, we were constantly wanting. We we did not have ball handlers or wings who could challenge the rim enough last season. It was just a glaring, glaring uh, hole in our offense. And so, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking, obviously, this year or this offseason. Hey, we need guys who can shoot, but we also need guys who can attack a closeout, who can get to the rim, who can score in multiple ways. You know, your offense can be a certain level with a guy like Miller Cop making 45% of his threes, and that's hugely valuable. But if you've got a guy who can maybe make 38% of his threes, but then can also attack the rim and do some things, I mean, just it's a different kind of challenge for the defense. And the nice, the other nice thing that X brings is he gives you that from the lead guard spot. And we didn't have that from Jalen last year. For everything that he could do, that wasn't one of them. But X gets in the lane. He's a pretty good finisher, and he gets fouled and draws fouls. And there were so many games last year where we were at a a foul deficit for a lot of different reasons. But part of that is we just didn't have guards who drew fouls. And X does, and he makes free throws. And I think that's an underrated element he's going to bring to the offense, which isn't just can you run the pick and roll, can you get people set up. He can actually go get his and do it in the lane at the rim. And that's a really, really important component to have. And if you can then add a wing who can also do that, that's the kind of dynamism that you see from teams that make runs in the NCAA tournament, which we just were not capable of doing. And even though our offense was better last year, it was so limited, you know, in the, yeah. in the amount of things we could do. And that's why Galloway got a little more run is because his ability to drive the basketball now finishing at the rim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you definitely if, – if you had – your wish, the three would would be able to shoot 40% from three and be able to attack and dunk at the rim and get fouled and shoot, you know. Um, When you get that with some bigs and a point guard, now you're talking about a team that can compete and get to the lead eight in the final four. We just saw that. Multiple athletes with the ability to have face-up games. Some were better shooters. Some teams had better shooters than others. But they all were able to be mobile and and attack players. And that's where – you know, I say it's a guards game, and I'm transitioning that comment to it's a wings game. It's a face-up game. Uh, the game of basketball is facing the basket and shooting or attacking uh, in, in a variety of ways with uh, with post-ups still there, but post-ups are more secondary options uh, unless you have a guy like T, you know, TJD, obviously. But, uh, you know, you're watching the Celtics and, and Atlanta. I mean, it's in the third quarter, and there's 180 points. I mean – 
I mean, you know, they're, they're scoring and, and they're shooting, and you got you got you know uh, Jokic from Denver dribbling the ball up and getting triple doubles because he's assisting out of the five spot. Right, uh, the game has just evolved to that face up uh, ability with multiple skills. And you can win with a bunch of players with individual one-dimensional skills you, if you piece them together and have good motivation. But it's hard to win six games in a row in a tournament or to compete for a league title um, consistently when if you don't have multiple-dimension-type players. And, and if there is one thing to tell people to, to, to maybe if – you know, I'm not telling you anyone to relax. That's not my part, point. But if you want to have some comfort – we're going after guys like Ledlam who can attack and get to the rim. And then this man Bachme, you know, and then even, you know, watching the Walker guy uh, and where they're, they're uh, you know, rim runners uh, that can get to the rim on alley-oops and, and from the dunker spot. I, I think, you know, you got C.J. Gunn, you got uh, Caleb Banks, who was an energy guy. When he was at his best, he was getting to the rim. I mean, so that type of player is now entering into – all of Indiana's roster uh, in year three. It's just, you know, what's it finally going to look like? And and the nice thing is, fit and gel. And the nice thing is, there are some matchups where a good post player can take advantage, and that's what Peyton Sparks can step in and do. You know, if it is a right. matchup where post ups are going to be available, now you can stick him in there, and he's a guy who's proven it. But man, that's the thing about you know, you think back to last year. I really think the 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 further we get removed from last year the more awe-inspiring it's going to be what Trace Jackson Davis did. Because, I mean, yeah. we did have an offense built around post-ups. Now, it worked because, A, he was really good at scoring in the post. B, his passing just went to another level to where, you know, he could actually produce points even if he wasn't scoring. But think back to all those stats we saw where it's like Trace Jackson Davis is the first player in 25 years to do all of this stuff. <laughs> That's what it took to have, yeah. you know, a decent offense – you know, built around a post player. And that's just, it's such a difficult yeah. needle to thread. And so I, I agree with you. I like. It's not versatile. No, it's not it, versatile. It's it, got one it, way to it's win. It's talented. <laughs> it, it's not versatile. It's not, uh, you know, multidimensional. You, you, your playbook is limited somewhat. As much as we were critical about running stuff for shoot, maybe the playbook was just so limited because of, you know, you, you I've said this all the time. We had two centers out there, and I love Race Thompson, but we had two guys who were best with their back to the basket. We had a three who was a dead three with very limited ability to do anything but shoot to three. We did had I, a did two. I shooter, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, what did I say? You said a dead three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, and then we had Galloway, who's just a basketball player at the two. You know, we didn't have the kind of roster we saw in the lead eight final four sweet 16 and that's not being negative towards any of those guys that it's just the coaching staff had them and and, and had to put them together or chose to at some point early in the in Woodson's tenure and they made the most out of it so it's really a, a compliment yeah no it was a good roster that you know did some good things and won some games and was really really good at the stuff it did it just couldn't do that many things you know, and yeah, so it, exactly. it, it was it was a team, you know, as we know, we were a team that was relatively easy to scout. And if you didn't have Jalen and Trace basically playing at all American levels, it was really hard to win games. And that's the hope now is, OK, maybe we don't quite have the star power, but if we have more ways to win and we can be more versatile, 
that should help us throughout the season and certainly in tournament play. And I think, yep. you know, yeah, we've hit a little bit of a lull here in terms of adding new players, but I think the 10 guys that we have, you start to see that. And that's that's what is encouraging. Now, can they complete it and get it ready to, you know, win and compete in the Big Ten by next season? We'll see. Um, you know, hopefully they can at least just keep the momentum going um, as we look towards some of those future recruiting classes in 24 and 25. Uh, but let's... Uh, Let's hit up segment three. You ready? Yep. Here we go. <clears throat> What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Devontae. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni. Ryan Phillips is off covering the NFL draft for the big lead. Uh, so he will not be with us here for this segment, but we are going to jump into our mailbag questions. All of these questions submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community. You can learn more about it at assemblycall.com slash community. We still have a lot of stuff going on this offseason, so we'd love to have you join us there. Uh, coach, let's hit these. First question from Jared. Any portal news, even if it is a rumor? What is the toughest Big Ten road game for us next year, minus Purdue? Toughest home game? I know this is tough without knowing the full roster. So, Jared, uh, I know you submitted this question before the news about uh, Walker and uh, McBach. How do you, what's the guy's name? How do you pronounce his name again? McBake? Mbach. Im, no, yeah. Im, McBako. That's right. God dang, I practiced Mbacco. this for like a half hour. McBako. Okay. Um, so that's the, you know, that's kind of the, the, um, recruiting news that we have at this point, but coach, what do you think? What is the toughest big 10 road game for us next year? I mean, don't we have to say Wisconsin, until we actually win a game up there and they might actually be I, halfway I decent this year. I think it's Wisconsin Rutgers Purdue because of venues. Um, yeah. and you know, I would say venues Purdue for possibly Edie being back and it's just a brutal to win up there. That's why it was so good to to get get that win in West Lafayette this year cuz it's just really really difficult. Um and uh but Rutgers seems to have our and and, and uh, the Cole Center both are places where Indiana recently have just uh, struggled. So those those are the toughest uh, and then right now, as I said, I, I'm going to say uh, Michigan State, um, and then Iowa. We uh, Woodson's had trouble playing Iowa, so th those two home games, single home games, I think quickly without roster, knowing the roster, that would be m uh, my choices. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, from Jim Tom Hoosier, are there still players in the portal that can help IU? I know there will probably be more added, but I'm talking about right now. So this is a good question, uh, and the answer to that is yes. Um, you know, so for example, Max Acemas from Old Dominion, he was still in the portal as of today, but went to Texas. Now, Indiana was not involved with him, but he is a guy who was in the portal that could have helped Indiana. There are still talented players out there um, who are still waiting to make their decisions. One name that I think is interesting to look at uh, is the kid from Toledo, um, RJ. I don't remember his last name, but it's uh, Ray J. Ray J. from Toledo. Um, and I believe he was the MAC Player of the Year uh, this year. And he's a good, he's a six, two guard, you know, he's played a lot with the ball in his hands. So I think you'd have to kind of sell him in a little bit more of an off ball role or really just what they were thinking about doing with X and Jalen, which is having two ball handlers that can attack from any angle on the court. Um, I think he'd be a great fit. Now, a lot of people think that he's um, probably going to go to Illinois, 
Um, but I'm not sure that that's as done a deal as everybody said when he first put his name in the portal because he hasn't announced it yet. Um, so that's a guy that if you see him take a visit to Indiana, I'd get very interested in because I think he profiles as a, exactly the kind of guy Indiana needs on the wing. Um, you know, questions, fair questions about how that would translate moving up a level. But even if he, you know, takes a 10% dip in terms of productivity and efficiency, he's still a really good player. Um, and we are starting to get a little bit later in the portal. And so you might not be able to find the perfect guys. That's the thing with Walker. You know, you want a little bit of depth. He may not be the perfect guy that you would want to get, but the game of musical chairs is starting to end and you want to make sure that you have depth instead of not having depth. And so we're reaching that point now where we need scoring from the wings. You know, we may not find, you know, Victor Oladipo and Greg Graham to play the two and the three. But we've just got to find players who, you know, are proven and can score. And so I think there are some of those guys uh, and the, you know, Ray J from Toledo. I need to find out his last name. Um, he's one of the guys that I would look at as still being in the portal who could help. His name is Ray J Dennis. Very good player. Um, I don't know if there's any other names that you've been keeping your eye on, but there well, are still guys I, out there. I had I helpful. had a list of six a wing six four to six nine that were in the top forty by the athletic or someone like that. You can go to a webpage and find a list of players. And, and I don't know if they are absolute fits for what Indiana wants, but I was looking at guys six, four to six, nine that had some ability to shoot the three, looking at their three point numbers. And at one point last week, uh, there were 12, uh, such players size wise who had an ability to, to score, uh, Again, eight points to twelve points. Nothing. Do you have eligibility? Huge, but can you score? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and those are those were listed by the athletic as the top uh, thirty six uh, currently available out of what thirteen hundred. I mean, there's yeah. there there's just tremendous amounts of young men in the transfer portal. But these were picked by this writer to be the top thirty six, and they're kind of like twelve wings that kind of fit the prototype, if you would, of I think what we're all looking for and what we're gathering Coach Woodson and staff are looking for. Have no idea the level of interest, if they've been contacted on IU's radar or they want to come to IU or not. But it's those types of players. So to answer your question, there are players that are wing players with size, with some ability to shoot, some ability to get to the rim. It, uh, and so the, Indiana's doing their due diligence. They know they need those those players as much as we do. Uh, and, and they're watching film every day and, and have a handle on that. And even people who are outside the top 50. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they have a plan. Whether they get – a, B, C, or they have to go all the way down to you know player Z to get it. That they'll, they'll get someone uh, that'll try to help them get better. Uh, by the way, someone uh, on Brad says, "What's the status of Nathan Childress?" Congratulations to Nathan Childress yep. uh, who transferred Indiana Wesleyan, right? Where he's yes. going to have a chance to play, and he's a he's a pretty good player. You know, we didn't obviously get to see it. He's not a D one level player, um, but good athlete has some has some skills, and so it'll be fun to to watch what he's able to do there. Great program uh, there, Coach Greg Tonegal, uh at Indiana Wesleyan. Is he still there? Was Tonegal's a Laporte? There? Was a Laporte slicer? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, home of Coach <laughs> Tonsoni. That's right. <laughs> Great basketball minds come from Laporte. Indiana. That is right. Uh, okay, from Jeff. Here's an interesting one. The Big Ten Commissioner has frozen all the league rosters where they are for next year. 
but right after the waiver was granted for X, what is Indiana's floor and ceiling in the Big Ten with the players we have right now? Who is the breakout from last year's bench? What freshman is able to contribute meaningful minutes? Does Anthony Leal get on the floor? Well, if you only have 10 guys, you probably need both freshmen to contribute some minutes uh, if that's all you got. So, you know, look, I don't think the roster that Indiana has now, you probably look at a Michigan State. Again, if you, I mean, I guess if you assume that a guy like Hogard is coming back, um, you know, I think you would still put Michigan State up there. Um, you know, I think Indiana obviously would have holes. I mean, you would probably pencil in coach, I would say, Trey Galloway and CJ Gunn. Or maybe Caleb, it would probably be Trey Galloway at the two and then either Gunn or Banks at the three, along with Renew and Ware. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of talent there and there's a lot of ability, but some question marks. So, you know, in terms of ceiling, certainly this this team would have the ceiling to compete for a Big Ten title and a top four finish. Because if you're talking Agreed. ceiling, that's okay, Kalel Ware making a big jump. That's Malik Renew making a big jump. That's CJ Gunn and Banks. I mean, Indiana has some guys. I know we're all looking at what's next. Indiana's got some guys that have talent and have ability and with more minutes could make a jump. Now, we all want to be a little bit more certain about it and would like a little more proven production because usually if you have four guys who can make a jump, two will and two won't. It's you know not usually everybody. Um, but there is talent um, and ability. So I think ceiling-wise, you know, especially compared to what else is out there in the Big Ten, which none of the rosters outside of Michigan State you know, look all that impressive, Indiana would have that. But then you know, I think the floor, uh, I think the floor could actually be pretty low. I think there's a lot of variance with the roster right now because you know, you're really counting on Kalel Ware, and that's obviously a guy who struggled as a freshman. You really need Galloway and, and Gunn to make a jump. Um, are they ready to do that? You know, Banks has to be ready. You're going to rely on freshmen. So I think, you know, the floor is not an NCAA tournament team. So I just, that's to me why I want more proven production, because I think it can help you smooth out some of the development of the young guys that you need. Cause you got a lot of sophomores that you're hoping can make a jump. Um, and so I think if you can just get some more proven production, you raise that floor without really taking away too much of the ceiling. And right now with what we have, I just I see a huge gap between what could be possible based on this question. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd be a little bit higher on the floor. Um, when you got uh, X, uh, a six, you know, that and you have a where who who even if he's marginally better, um, you know, he played 26 minutes to start the season, was averaging over 10 points a game before he had a little decline um, and, and and renew and Galloway. I, you know, I think. I think that it would be a team in the top half, eight, nine at worst, floor of the Big Ten, which puts them in a bubble team at worst. Not, you know, um, I think, I just think the, the that. program's bubble. got, I think, yeah, I think got some momentum. They'd be a bubble team, and I think they'd likely maybe get in 10, 11, 12 type deal with, with, with the roster that they have. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I think – Teams take falls, though. You know, uh, th- look at the guys that Michigan had this year, and everyone was predicting them to be really good, uh, and, and they didn't make the tournament. Um, but it would have to take uh, another injury, uh, some team ki- kids not getting much of an impact, uh, um, a jump from their previous years for Indiana to not make the tournament. I, I think the the leveling would be nine ten seed you know, six, seven in the big 10, if everything frozen right now in the big 10, um, 
yeah, I, and then it just can go up if if we get some a couple players and up if if they reach uh, a little bit of their potential, and and it just drops if things are stagnant. So uh, I'm I'm okay with uh, and based based on X coming back, really, um, yeah, that's huge. Not too many. I mean, what Big Ten program has an experienced point guard? I mean, Illinois had two great transfers and had no guards, and we're we're a nine seed, right? I I just I am maybe again crimson colored glasses, but having that point guard, Michigan State with Walker, right? I think well, Walker's Hogarth's, back. Hogard's the point guard though. Hogard and well, both those guys. So there's Michigan State having yeah. some guards there that better, but. Um, I'm trying to think through the conference real Maryland, quick. Maryland, I guess, um, with Jameer Young. I think he's coming back. You know, Braden Smith, obviously, is a, a lottery pick, according to a lot of people. He's not so better than X. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he's not even close the kid to from Maryland. The kid from Maryland can be all right, but we shut him down, right? I just think X is above that. I mean, maybe not the, maybe not the Michigan State guards. Um, so Chucky I just Hepburn think that's – from Wisconsin. Some people like nah, him. He didn't play very well last year. Come I on, don't. Man. I don't believe X. that. I'm just not nah, X. No, I. I think X is. I mean, I think he's X has got a chip on his shoulder, man. X is going to come out and be all Big Ten. That's what I think too. He's going to come out and just take take charge. So, yeah, yeah, I would a little bit higher on the floor. Um, Indiana has some work to do to make sure they don't miss the tournament. It's not a given. It's not just show up and we're going to be the tournament. But we're a lot closer than we have been in in previous years. I think to having that. Jeffrey says, what is the likelihood that the remaining open scholarships are left open? Well, there's 0% chance that all three are left open. I think there's a decent chance that Indiana fills two and then leaves one open just to have some flexibility. Um, but if they get Walker, then I would not at all be surprised to see them use all 13 scholarships. Um, maybe they won't. I mean, I, th I think, you know, look, I think the staff is high on Gabe Cups. I think they, you know, believe in CJ Gunn. So I don't think it would you know, obviously Trey Galloway, I think they would be okay going into it if you only add one more wing, but I think ideally you would get two. And so in that case, then you would use yeah. all 13. If you add Walker, they're going to, they're, they're going to fill at least two. They're not going to enter the season with less than 12 guys on scholarship. Yeah. I don't think the interesting thing is, do does Indiana think they need two starters and move Galloway to the bench in the portal? Or do they need one starter and then get some depth pieces? You know, so if you need one, that's got to be a wing, right? You got to go get the best wing you can possibly can. Then all of a sudden, a kid like Walker makes sense, right? Uh, because it's a it's a depth piece. He's good with 10 to 15 minutes. He wants to play at IU. Then you go get a wing that's like yeah. that as well. I want to spend my senior year in Assembly Hall, um, you know, coming in, shooting threes off the bench, that type of thing. So that's another way that I've calmed down with the transfer portal too is because I believe we're looking for one starter. Um, I think Galloway's going to start. If we could snag two, I think that gives us some it, bonus, I think we right? we entered it hoping for two starters. Now it gets a little bit more realistic, and you're probably thinking, right. okay, if we can get one on the wing, we're feeling good. With Galloway as and I, and I still because you wouldn't feel bad if Galloway's starting. Yeah, you know? but – You'd have to, you'd have to again, and maybe the expectation should be we hit some really good uh, portal like Shannon and that, you know, uh, Michigan State got two, but um, we got that one in, in in where, you know, if we get one more starter and you get two starters in the portal, the portal is really to get that mid range, you know, guy that fits this little piece to make you a little more solid. That's where you probably have a lot more success. 
Yeah. No, there aren't <coughs> there aren't me. many guys with star potential, and we got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, and we got one of them. Yeah. He, he um, may not end up being a star, but boy, he's got if he the does. potential though. A uh, couple notes here from the chat. Dominic asked, who runs point guard for the Wolverines? Well, Doug McDaniel was running it this year. I think they want Jalen Llewellyn, Llewellyn to be that guy. was so a transfer. Yeah. Yep. They need he got him. hurt. And then, and then Justin reminded us about uh, Boo Pushoff Bowie, um, who is testing the They've NBA entered the draft, draft, though, right? They're testing the waters. Yeah. He and Adige. Yep. So we'll see if they come back. Uh, all right. Let's hit a couple of these real fast. Lisa says, what are your thoughts as to why Jordan Geronimo hasn't been picked up from the portal yet by a team? I did just see that he tweeted, you know, news coming soon. So that may change. I would say with Jordan, I mean, he's got options. You know, he took a, a few visits. I think he, you know, Maryland, Boston College, uh, George Washington, maybe was one of the other ones. I think some of the names I saw. I think the challenge with anybody looking at Jordan Geronimo is the same challenge that we had with Indiana is where does he play? He's a tantalizing, you know, ball of athleticism and energy and when he's you know confident and in the flow of the game he can be really impactful like we saw last year in the big 10 tournament and the ncaa tournament but there are too many games where he kind of seems uncomfortable or out of place he doesn't really have a position it depends on the matchup you know there are some times when he can play you know when he can go against a four who's maybe you know uh, you know a little bit undersized and and uses athleticism but I think that's always the issue with Jordan is he's a terrific athlete, but hasn't yet shown he can be a consistent basketball player. And so I think you've got to have a real vision for where he fits and an understanding of your conference, who he's going to match up against. Um, you know, those are the issues that, that he faced at Indiana. And so I hope that he finds that fit. But that that to me is probably the issue. If you're a coaching staff looking at him, it's like, man, it feels like there's a lot of potential here, but. We've now seen him play for three years. We understand the limitations. How is he going to you know, fit into what we're going to do? And I think you need to have a real plan um, for what that's going to be. And unfortunately for Jordan, it's not playing the three. I just don't think that's realistic unless he drops down a level um, and can, you know, the, the guys at that position are just not as good as they are up here. Do you have any other thoughts on Geronimo? No, I think, I think you're spot on. He just, he's not smooth at the three and he's not big and strong enough necessarily to play the four at the high levels of college basketball. Great kid, high energy, uh, wish him all the success in the world, but it might benefit him to drop down, not, you know, not to division two or NAI I'm talking about, but to a, a mid major where he can have a, a matchups and be a nightmare matchup wise. But you know, the big 10 ACC, some of those, I'm not sure he has a position um, you might see a school that's in the bottom that needs to take a chance uh, yeah. to get some athletes, uh, bottom of a big conference, take a chance and, and run him out there. Um, but his ball handling never progressed to the point where you feel comfortable with him at the three, the shooting, uh, streaky at best. Um, and, and then at 6'6", six, six, um, he's strong enough to guard a little bit in the post, but I, I just think that's uh, – that's the issue facing him, and he's got to find the right fit. But he could be, you know, he could really be a good asset in a smaller Division One conference. Agreed. Look forward to watching him. We'll be rooting for him, that's for sure. Uh, from Ken. Absolutely. While hoping for more players to be added, what would most likely be our starting five given the present roster? 
Uh, well, I think it would be X, Trey, CJ, Malik, and Kalel, and I think you could have an argument about whether it's CJ or Caleb at the three. Uh, I'm right. guessing you would side with CJ because of the shooting, and I know, haha, you know the guy shot eight percent last season, but again, as I've mentioned many times, you know guys who take as many shots as he did, even at a lower percentage, if they return to college basketball their sophomore year, they tend to make a huge jump. So I just Unless until we see CJ struggle as a shooter this season, then I would be concerned. I'm still not concerned. His track record as a shooter is good. You know, he's got good size to be able to play that position. I have really high hopes for him this season. So I think he'd be the guy. Um, but Caleb Banks would, I mean, in that scenario, Caleb Banks would almost be like your sixth starter. Um, you know, and if Malik Renew is in foul trouble or, you know, CJ struggling, or if you even want to go with more size and you slide CJ to the two and put Caleb at the three you'd have a lot of different options there. Now, that's not necessarily yeah. ideal to have all those guys in your top six. I think you'd rather have them a little further down the rotation, especially early in the season, so they can develop. But that's how I would see it playing out if it's just these guys. I, I, I'm really sold on both of those guys. And again, it's just at what point are they ready to con to contribute consistently? Yeah, um, I'm not ready to say that's going to be at the beginning of the year so that your comment of pushing them down a little bit uh, makes sense. I'd probably go with Caleb at the three just to get size, rebounding, his ability to make hustle plays. I thought CJ was really better guarding on the perimeter um, and doing those things. Wouldn't mind either one of them. Uh, but I think CJ's more of a of a guard, the old traditional one or two, and Caleb's more the three or four. And, and I think having his length out there uh, – and. So I would probably lean and just flip yours, but it is down to it would be down to those two, I think, on the current roster. Yep. But uh, I, I'm sold. I, I, I'm sold on both of those. But they need to they need to get better. Uh, and and I'm sold on them not necessarily for the first game November 9th or eighth or tenth or whenever it is either. Uh, it could be you know that they got to develop throughout a year, and by the end of the Big Ten season and Big Ten tourney, they're ready to contribute at a higher level. But they are the type of dudes that we need in the yeah. program, athletically, length, ability-wise. Yeah, it's it's one of those, I'm not sold on them being impact guys in November, but I believe enough in their yeah. potential that I'm sold on giving them consistent minutes to develop to get there. Correct. And there may be, you know, it may be one of those things where it's like, man, you know, CJ and Caleb really struggled in that Kansas game. We lost to Kansas at home. But if they got those 15 minutes, those 15, 20 minutes, that's big for their development, and that can help you in February be an even better team. Yeah. And that's not to say that they couldn't play better than that. But it's, you know, to, you know, it's, it's tough to say you're sold necessarily when you haven't seen the production from them. But I get what you're saying because I feel the same way. Yeah. I believe in the potential, and I want to see yes, them get on their minutes. potential. Yes, you cannot. Sold on their potential. You can't bury those guys on the bench to win games in November. You have to play them, yep. let them develop, and it's going to make you so much better. And I just I believe in their work ethic and their talent, their ability, the size. Like those are the kind of guys we have to develop. Have to. Well, and Jared, the thing for me was when they got their opportunity, they were all over the place. Yes. Like CJ almost played too hard and too fast. Like yep. especially with his shot. I think that's why his shot was so off. Like he wanted to shoot and he was so quick and he was so I mean, those guys wanted it bad. Like how many yep. times did we see Caleb get a tip on a rebound or dive on a – I mean, they were hustling all the time. Dude, Caleb a lot of times changed when you don't, games when he came in there. Yeah, when you don't get run, you kind of might get a little selfish and think it all has to be offense or it all has to be a certain thing. 
those guys did a lot of the little things when they were out there for their limited time. That's another reason why, yeah. again, I'll, I'll start saying sold on their potential. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure that we've seen what they can do yet to, to be comfortable with them. But I, I think in, in time, those two will be Hoosiers we'll really like to, to watch. Yep, and I guarantee you, if they're not getting time in November and December, we're going to come on here and be critical of it uh, because those are guys that need to develop. Um, you got to take a long-term view. And I, I mean, I think the staff will, I, you know, yeah. I shouldn't assume that they won't. Um, but I know that the pressure can be there to win games now. Um, but I, I think they've got the ability to help Indiana win games even early uh, just because they do play hard, like you said, and have the athleticism that you're looking for. But I have high hopes for what those guys can be as Hoosiers. Uh, all right, that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. As always, we thank Bob Thompson for producing our music, and we thank John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logos, and we thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next Thursday, unless there's reason for an emergency podcast between now and then. Until then. Take it from me, Thomas Bryant. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mr. Stun Sony. <laughs> All right. Look at that. We squeezed another 90 minutes of basketball talk out here in April. Wasn't sure, wasn't sure what we were going to talk about this week. It always ends up coming. Uh, the news always the content just reveals itself by Thursday. It always happens. Absolutely. So anyway, we will uh, continue to have these off-season episodes, break down any recruiting news, and uh, you know, for those weeks when nothing happens, we'll probably do some player reviews. Uh, I've already talked with our buddy Chris from IU Artifacts about doing a couple of fun trivia games for the off-season. So we got some fun stuff planned uh, for the off-season. Keep it fun and light, and hopefully, we get some more impact players in here. Hey, if you're around Bloomington, big baseball weekend. Uh, I'm not sure the weather in Bloomington is going to be super. Friday night's going to be clear. Maybe a little bit of rain on Saturday. Big game, big series against Maryland. Um, If Indiana can win two out of three, they're going to be in a position to maybe host uh, postseason. And if you're part of our community, you see Ari and Josh keep sending in uh, updates. Uh, And uh, I'm not sure where softball is, um, Mm. if they're home this weekend or not. But – the Tonsoni men are going to be down in, uh, Friday and Saturday in nice. uh, Bloomington. So if you see us, come say hello. Very nice. All right, everybody. Those of you who are in the community, we will see you there.